1: Well, we are following a handful of uh, very important stories here as we begin a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Uh, We all know Joe Biden loves his Corvettes, loves his fast cars. And uh, apparently he uh, considers his garage uh, a very secure location because there are reports out that now that a second amount of documents, classified documents, top secret documents, have been found. They've been found in... Joe Biden's garage uh, next to his Corvette. And uh, we'll stand by and see uh, what other details we get, which will be almost none because it was very clear from the president's press conference today at the White House called to tout a decrease in inflation from 7.1% to 6.5% for December. Proof Joe Biden says that though inflation is more than three times as high as It is considered to be when it is at an acceptable rate of 2%. Uh, His policies are all working, and everything is great, and you should be super happy. And as for those secret documents that we're now now finding in multiple locations, uh, he kind of takes a Sergeant Schultz, Corinne Jean-Pierre approach. I know nothing, except I will read you what my lawyers have written down for me to say. Um. This is how it sounded at the White House today as uh, well, I don't know if it was the White House or the fake White House. I'm never really sure uh, with Joe Biden. I'm never really sure anything's too authentic with Joe Biden. But here is uh, the end of his presser touting the incremental drop in inflation and the shouting that ensued uh, with Peter Ducey. Uh, winning the day—it's
0: remarkable to me.
1: Oh, that's Andy McCarthy. Sorry. Here's Peter Ducey winning the day. So
0: God bless
2: you all, and may God protect our troops. Mr. President. Mr.
1: President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President. Okay. Classified, classified material.
2: Next year, Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me. I'm uh, going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people—and by the way, my Corvette's in a lock garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So in the but anyway, street yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as <laughs> I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously.
1: Evidently not.
2: I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the justice. He's reading this. Review. He is reading as part all this. Of that process, my lawyer has reviewed other mm-hmm. places where documents my, uh, of from my time as vice president were stored and they finished the review last night
1: reading 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 They
2: discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my in my 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 personal library this was done in the case of the biden penn still reading this was done in the case of the biden penn center not particularly well department of justice was immediately as was done the Department of Justice was immediately cl- uh, uh, no- notified. Really not well. And uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. Mm. So you're going to see we're going to see all this unfold. I'm Thank confident. You
1: know,
0: know. Right? Thank you, How's the first lady? How's the first lady?
2: She's doing really well. You
1: got to be kidding. Who's the moron who asked how's the first lady?
2: By the way, that's a 67 Corvette, in case you wonder. There you go. Uh,
1: the moron, he's got to be from <laughs> one of the networks who decided to uh-huh. throw Joe Biden a life preserver. Oh, they're asking questions about classified documents, a second batch of which has been found in your garage. A locked garage. My garage is locked, too. I don't consider it to be a place where I would want top secret documents stored. There you go. Uh, yeah, the, the hope is... That in Joe Biden's locked garage, he has at least taken the security precaution of changing the little toggle switches on the remote control so that some foreign entity can't just go to the Rehoboth Beach Home Depot and buy... Uh, off-the-rack genie garage door opener and go up and down the street of the lavish homes there and, oh, look at that, Joe Biden's garage door open. Imagine that. Get the Corvette. No, that's all right. Leave the Corvette. Get, get the classified the, documents. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tear apart the president's Mm-mm. answer, and then we'll get to the dysfunction at our Ohio State House. He says he'll be able to speak more on this, God willing. You're the president. You're the commander-in-chief. You give orders to others. They don't give orders to you. You can speak about whatever you want to speak about. Okay? First point. Locked garage, I've already covered how absurd it is to say that his garage is locked. And I love, and this is in every story about this, it's a small number of documents. A small number. Well, what is a small number? Because yesterday we were told that it was Less than a dozen, and that was a small number, and now we have more. So the number's not as small today as it was yesterday, and I believe I predicted that, by the way, that there would be twice as many documents at least as the less than a dozen. And the other thing is that the number of documents doesn't matter. Sandy Berger, one of Clinton's hacks, smuggled one document, or tried to smuggle one document out of the National Archives that would have outed Bill Clinton for how asleep he was at the switch on the Al-Qaeda terrorists from 9-11 being trained here in the U.S. Sandy Berger got, got in a lot of trouble for for smuggling one document out. It's not the number of documents that matters. It's the content of the documents, which you would think. Joe Biden, the guy who is ultimately in charge of the national security of the United States of America, would want to know, well, what's on those documents? But no, his lawyers are telling him, don't ask what's on the documents. Completely absurd. Okay, to the Ohio House now, where the Speaker of the House is officially Jason Stevens. He is the Democrat's choice for Speaker of the House. He got all 32 Democrats to support him being Speaker of the House. Problem is... There are more Republicans in the House, 43, who do not support him as Speaker, who support Derek Maron, who those 43 and the 22 turncoats who supported Jason Stevens in the vote, along with the 32 Democrats, well, it's ugly. It's complicated. It's hard to follow. I get it. But the... Sanction against Jason Stevens was watered down and sa- sanction against the 22 Republicans was watered down to not include financial penalties, campaign contributions, from the state Republican Party and was watered down so that originally it was supposed to say, you know what? We're not going to endorse you in any primaries either for joining forces with Democrats. So that was watered down when the state um, well, when the when the resolution was considered by the state Republican Party. We had Melanie Lenahan, member of the state central committee on the show yesterday, talking about, oh, this isn't over. Well, Melanie Lenahan knows her stuff because it turns out that now there is an alternative way to go after these turncoat Republicans, and that is county by county, censuring them. Imagine if all 88 counties the republican party in each county sanctions with teeth the 22 turncoat republicans and recommends to the state central committee and the state republican party that you don't give these guys any campaign funds and you don't endorse them in the primaries that might have some weight but that's not the most interesting thing that i found out overnight thanks to some of the people who are also steamed about this as i am one of them sent me the list of contributors to Jason Stevens' reelection campaign. Now, this is an interesting matter because Jason Stevens ran unopposed; there was no Democratic opponent in his district for his Ohio House seat. Yet, he raised six hundred and eighteen thousand dollars in campaign contributions, and he spent five hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars in campaign contra- in, in in expenditures. Why would a guy who has no reason to run any campaign ads because he's running unopposed, what would he do with that money? Well, he would dole it out to other candidates. But what's interesting about this is who contributed to Jason Stevens' campaign? Now, he's a Republican, right? Would you expect to find on Jason Stevens' list of political contributors any contributions from the Ohio Education Association, the State Teachers' Union, This guy's a Republican, right? He's going to join with the other Republicans and reform education in the state of Ohio. They're going to pass the backpack bill. They're going to protect kids from the LGBTQ nonsense. Well, we now have a pretty good explanation as to why all 32 Democrats who do not want education touched. They want the teachers unions in charge. We now have a pretty good indication why Jason Stevens got the support of 32 Democrats and what the price tag is on Jason Stevens. Stevens' loyalty to you, the voter. It turns out that the price tag is about mm, ten grand, give or take a few grand. You got eight thousand dollars from the Ohio Education Association, and and I know you say, "Well, it's kind of kind of normal for an organization to contribute to everybody." Here's what's interesting: the thirteen Republicans in the Ohio House who voted for Jason Stevens as Speaker got eighty thousand dollars total. From the Ohio Education Association. The five Republicans who got OEA contributions, totaling only 22 grand, voted for Derek Marin. So four times as much to the education pawns. I am sensitive to the possibility that the detail that I give you on the Ohio State House may be ponderous for you to understand. I get it. Uh, For the longest time, I paid no attention to state politics. And really now, we're so inundated with news on national politics, and there's so much dysfunction and corruption on the national level that we look at our Ohio State House, our General Assembly, which is made up of House and Senate, and we think, well, it's two-thirds Republicans, so... At least we don't have to worry about anything bad here in our backyard. And then, of course, if you're paying attention over the last two weeks, you find out that the Speaker of the House, who was going to be a staunch conservative and going to protect your kids in schools, and going to give you choices and options as a parent with approximately a $5,000 stipend every year to offset private school tuition, charter school tuition, whatever, you find out that's not going to happen. And you say, well, how did that, how's that not going to happen? I thought we had, like, total control. I thought we could even override the veto of pocket Governor Mike DeWine. Well, it's all because the Democrats, in a significant minority in the House of Representatives, in in the House, the Ohio House, the Democrats pick the Speaker, and they pick the Speaker they like. And now we're starting to get, as I have friends who dig into Jason Stevens, the Democrat loyalist, I will say, because he's going to enact the legislation the Democrats want enacted, not the legislation the Republicans want enacted. He's a Democratic loyalist got a Republican label, but he's like the judges in Franklin County. They were elected Republicans. Then, as Columbus flipped from Republican control to Democratic control, how many judges have I told you over the past? Oh, he's changed his political affiliation. Changes changed his political affiliation because he knows he or she cannot get elected as a Republican anymore. So Jason Stevens, probably in his little burg where he's from, wherever, what is it, Kits? <laughs> i never even heard of where he's from. And I've known every little burg in the state of Ohio i have lived like my entire life except for two years here. So, somebody sent me yesterday, well, look at his campaign contributions, and you shouldn't be surprised. Okay, so there's a lot of union contributions on Jason Stevens' list of political contributors, and the one that really jumped out to me, more than the laborers... Local 189, more than the Ohio contractors pack, was an $8,500 contribution from the Ohio Education Association. And I'm like, the teachers unions gave this Republican dude $8,500? Okay, I'm aware. Political organizations heads their bets. Maybe they give to every Republican. Maybe give that to every Republican. No. Contacted a lobbyist last night. I said, should I be suspicious? Yes, you should be suspicious. He did more research. He said, you're actually low. The teachers unions gave $12,000 to Jason Stevens, which ranked him number five in the Ohio house on the list of contributors from the teachers unions in Ohio. Now ask yourself this question. If there are 32 Democrats in the Ohio house and Jason Stevens, a quote-unquote Republican, got the fifth highest amount of political contributions from a teacher's union. Does that seem out of whack? Seems out of whack to me. Then my friend said, oh, look, there were 18 GOP House members who got contributions from the OEA. All right, stop right there. There's 60, what, five Republicans in the House? Eighteen got political contributions from the OEA. So they're clearly not giving to everybody on the Republican side as a hedging of the bets. They're only giving to their friends, okay? So they think they got 18 friends, all right? They got backdoored by five of those friends because five of them voted for Derek Marin as Speaker. But the 13 others voted for Stevens. And don't underestimate the OEA too much because the amount of money they gave to the 18 Republicans in the House, when you total it up and split it by the five who voted for Marin and the 13 who voted for Stevens, the OEA gave four times as much to the people who sided with Stevens in the Speaker's vote as they did the five who stuck with their promise, and all of them promised, in November to vote for Marin. So I find this to be confirmation of what I anticipated when Jason Stevens, power hungry, no integrity, Jason Stevens, went back on his own word that he would vote for Derek Maron for Speaker to become Speaker. And we had Melanie Lenahan of the State Central Committee on yesterday, and she said it's not over yet, but I think it is probably over, although not according to. The Shelby County Republican Party and the Monroe County Republican Party, and I've heard the Union County Republican Party is going to do the same thing because those two county Republican parties have censured the 22 House Republicans who abdicated their promise to vote for Derek Maron. They have in their censure said, don't give them any political contributions. Don't recommend them in any primary endorsements. And the chief architect or one of the chief architects behind this whole thing, besides Jason Stevens, who, you know, he cheated on his party. If your spouse cheats on you, you can blame the person they cheated with. Or you can blame the person who is most at fault, the your spouse who could have said no. Right? I mean, it's easy to blame the other person. It's easy to blame Alison Russo, the Democrat from Upper Arlington, to say, oh, she's the mastermind behind this whole thing. Backdooring of Derek Marin as speaker. Well, she couldn't have done it unless Jason Stevens said, Oh, you want to back me for speaker? All I have to do is break my promise to my party, to my voters. That's all I have to do, and I can have the speakers gavel and wow, I got I got three terms left in the Ohio House. I can be the speaker for six years. Imagine what I could parlay that into. I mean, look at Larry Householder. Look how much money he made off being Speaker. Maybe I could make that much money too, and I wouldn't be caught because I wouldn't be stupid like Larry Householder. So don't blame Russo, even though she's eminently blamable and evil. And I would also add whatever word applies to someone who Breathlessly advocates for the bloodthirsty murder of children in the womb, holding a Bible on which Eric Stevens placed his left hand to take his oath as speaker. That takes some real temerity on the part of Alison Russo.